Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Zach, what's going on? How you doing? I know you've been depressed because your high school girlfriend dumped you, but don't worry, my high school do- girlfriend dumped me too, which is strange because we're in our 30s and 40s, but it's making us suicidal, ain't it? It is. Fucking I am. I've been depressed, baby. I've been fucking listening to all the sad songs and shit on the radio, and it never, like, it never lets up. It's always reminding me of fucking Amanda Weiss just fucking yeah. kicking my heart to the curb, baby. Exactly. So, in order to make ourselves feel better about our lost high school girlfriends, why do these high school girls always dump us, Zach? It's so unfair. It is, it is. So, we're going to watch the movie that John Cusack hates, or at least used to hate for a while. (laughs) Better off I don't know. Why would you ever hate this movie? It's amazing. (laughs) Apparently, young John Cusack should have been named John Cuckack because he was being a cuck at the time. He he was. He's he's lightened up on it recently, though. Thankfully, yeah. Because after that, he did like 35 shitty movies that he realized were none of them. Yeah, I think what he said it was is like, oh, there's something about it. Like, he watches it and he notices all the mistakes, but then, like, he got more, uh, you know, he he did more movies, and then he's like, you know what? That just kind of happens with every movie, so maybe, like, that that fucking Better Off Dead wasn't so bad after all. Exactly. Exactly. Hell yeah. So we're gonna get the movie started. Um, Depending on what version you have, like, I have the DVD. Zach has the Blu-ray. There's different opening logos and stuff. Uh, that have been tacked onto this that weren't on the original release. But um, we're going right to the very start of the actual movie. It starts out with an animated sequence. And it's a, 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 a little tonsil ball on a black background of a screaming woman. So, oh, yeah. yeah, so you're going to be, you know, a few seconds into the running time here. On the Blu-ray, it's about 10 seconds in. See, mine was so whack. I'm at 27 seconds. There was, so, there was so much extra shit on mine. And what's funny is, like, the case and everything, if you go on the DVD, like, the actual DVD itself, everything's printed on with Paramount's 90th anniversary at the time that this DVD came out. Like, they were so proud to slap their logo onto a movie that they originally didn't even distribute. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so we got the uh, tonsil ball close up in the camera here of the animation. I'm going to say one, two, three, go. I'm going to say... Go hit play on your remotes. All right, everybody. One, two, three, go. Oh man, what a fucking weird ass acid trip of a movie this is. Could you imagine like sitting in the theater and like you know that's the very beginning of the movie, just some cartoon lady screaming, being taken away by a monster. Being taken away by some kind of rapey fucking like a uh, green bastard over here with horns. Fucking the knight in shining armor just fucking hanging out, gonna help her out. Isn't that funny? Like back in the '90s and '80s, they always like, like, oh, it's a fun comedy, whimsical. Let's uh, open it up with like an animated kind of fucking uh, opening, mm-hmm. and like uh, all the all these like classic, like you know, um, fucking uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. See, look, there's an ellipsis there. Better off dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you on the Blu-ray, there is no ellipsis. They have fucking they cucked out. They fucking really. Uh, they, bowed down to the fucking the, the big brother the fucking uh uh fucking uh yeah not very red pilled of them yeah on the dvd i still got the ellipsis exactly yeah uh, it, mannequin no even started so... out with a wacky cartoon yeah there's no ellipsis so it's even easier to get it mixed up with the other movie called better off dead mm-hmm. 
Very low T. Very, it is very low T. They're probably the reason they removed the ellipsis is they didn't want to get it confused with our boy Gary P. Cohen, how he did ellipsis video mm. violence when renting is not enough. They exactly. they thought the audience saw that ellipsis was going to think, hey, when does the uh, when renting is not enough part come up on the screen? Exactly. See, do you think they went a little overboard here? He is very obsessive. Fucking, you remember when you had like this many pictures of your high school girlfriend? Just like. As if she's like some fucking cover girl model. You got all these pictures on the I wall. I still do. I still do. But what I want to know is when did he have time to go on dates with her if he was taking all these photo shoots? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> fucking big Chad over here with his camera. Now, he he wakes up with the ski goggles on, but I always thought the ski goggles weren't really ski goggles that he had. They seem like they were like lab goggles. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. I remember reading like a... Some kind of a, yeah, there was some weird thing where they had them wear, like, different kind of goggles while they're uh, skating for the scenes. And it's, like, apparently it was hard to shoot because, like, they, they they hired real skiers to do, like, the stunt skiing. And, like, apparently it was really hard for them to fucking see through these, like, uh, goggles they had them wear. Apparently, yeah. And I read something about that. No, unlike you, Zach, I was actually alive when this came out. This movie came out when I was about seven or eight years old. And I can't remember if I finally got my mom to take me to see it or if i had to wait till video or what but i remember like you know how just weird shit in a movie sticks out in your mind when you're a kid because like you don't know any better <laughs> that scene of yeah. him getting into the shower with his socks on that blew my mind like i thought that was something <laughs> that pe- like cool people actually did <laughs> and what's funny is that's like that's just like br- that's just scratching the surface of the weirdness that yeah. is this movie <laughs> And I thought it's funny too, because like I always remember is the 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 paperboy shit is being kind of like really just a recurring gag, like rewatching it for like the and I've seen this movie probably at least thirty times at this point. I used to watch this DVD all the fucking time when I first got it, but like it's like we're like two minutes into the running time, we've barely barely been introduced to John Cusack, and they're already setting up the paperboy shit with his dad. Exactly. So like, yeah. So fucking. Basically, for those of you not in the know, if you don't, if you aren't fucking red pilled on the Better Off Dead from nineteen ninety from nineteen eighty five, fucking starring John Cusack, Big Chad, fucking, you are in for a treat. This movie is like a fucking like just bad shit crazy. Fucking like, who directed this movie? Sa- Savage Steve Holland. Savage Steve Holland. You know what's funny is like I. Watching this movie, getting ready for uh, the commentary, it was my actually it was only my second time watching it. Wow! And like I I remember the first time watching it, like it was a couple years ago, and it really made an impact on me. And I was like, yeah, I remember liking that movie. But then watching it again, preparing for this commentary, I was like, dude, this is like fucking top tier, oh, yeah. like fucking comedy and. <laughs> Like, this movie is just kind of perfect, and it has, like, that weird, just, like, what-the-fuck quality about it. Like, uh, like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, like, one of my favorite comedies. Like, it's just, like, what the fuck? Like, it has everything. This movie, is, it's got the fucking hot chick from, uh, she's playing the foreign exchange student. It's got the hot chick from uh, Annieville 2, who plays the sister. What's funny is, like, they were, she wasn't even written as the sister in Amityville 2. Uh-huh. She was just so hot. Like, they fucking, that, that just kind of happened by accident. Like, fucking all that sexual tension. But very Chad. Well, they set up that there's a problem with the paperweight because it keeps breaking their win- their garage windows by throwing the papers out, which, like, I get why the dad would want to go out there and open the garage door. So, you know, he couldn't break the, the last remaining window. But I thought it was odd that the dad, like, he tried to cross-dress in an attempt to uh, turn the paperweight on to distract him. That was a weird touch. 
Exactly. Like, if I was the dad at that point, like, you're fucking, you're going out there, you're basically scheduling yourself to wake up early so that you can go lift the door open on your garage door so he doesn't break another window. At, at one point, it's like, man, if I was him, I'd just go kick his fucking ass. I'd be standing in the road waiting for him to fucking pass and just yeah. fucking put a big fucking stick in the spoke of his bikes, fucking like, fucking crash all over the place, beat the shit out of him. Oh, bitch. It, like they almost play it like the dad heard those uh those baseball cards coming down, this the road Same. and the thing. Now th- now this has to be a set like, because this closet is literally bigger than his like actual bedroom. <laughs> yeah, he's got fucking his his fucking girlfriend is just on all the fucking like, printed out oh, pictures okay. of her and put her on his fucking like uh, outfits. Like what a Chad. So it looks like she's wearing his clothes. Exactly. Uh, this was another gag that like cracked me up was how the the little brother he he cut all the shit out of the the, the sides of the cereal boxes so the dad yeah. he pours all the cereal all over. <laughs> That was always a thing. They always did that in TV shows. Like, uh, the the guy who directed this went on to do a lot of uh, fucking... Uh, when I watched this, I was like, this guy had to have gone on to a big career making movies. But he didn't. Like, he uh-huh. made, like, three, and then he kind of fell into, like, making TV shows. And he was, like, a big staple in, like, Nickelodeon. Yeah. Like, 90s Nickelodeon and, like, early 2000s Nickelodeon. And then, like, uh, Disney Channel shows, like, Even Stevens and fucking all these shows. And it's like, yeah, that kind of fits. Like, he's kind of... Like, Dan savage the motherfucker from nickelodeon shows up in this movie at one point <laughs> yeah because it's weird because i swear because like you know how like when you watch like the zucker i think that's their name the zucker brothers like airplane movies and shit like it has a certain like joke a minute style that you know you always feel that's, it yeah like like it, th- like savage steve has like kind of like a joke a minute going on, but it's it's always like a really bizarre like mm. it's a real joke a minute door like i feel like his like you can feel his sense of humor like penetrating all kinds of other shit that came after this movie you know what i mean i w- if i ever have a movie made about my life i want that motherfucker to write and direct it like holy shit this I is know. like so up my alley fucking I was surprised by how much I, like, I knew I liked it, but it was like, I didn't realize how much I fucking like this movie. Like, yeah, oh, we're getting introduced to Diane Franklin right here, Big Stacy. Big Stacy, she lives across the street as a French foreign exchange student. Exactly, and she's basically going to be the fucking hot chick that's there for our boy whenever he gets, uh, you know, dumped by Amanda Weiss. See, the whole point of this movie is that fucking, it's basically a black comedy about, like, a kid that gets suicidal when he breaks up with his girlfriend. And it's it's really just like a bunch of vignettes of just him fucking trying to kill himself and, and it backfiring and just, like, goofy little fucking mishaps he's going on. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's, so, it's, it's funny, too, because Diane Franklin plays the... the uh foreign exchange student she's like imprisoned by this uh big titted lady and her uh, obnoxious goober son that's dan savage that's the guy who apparently people talk about on nickelodeon they're like fucking dan savage there's a bunch of stories coming out about him but it's like there there's no evidence that he did anything yeah. i think you mean dan so schneider let's not let's not dan throw schneider. <laughs> yeah. my bad my bad yeah this is a little reoccurring joke they have here with the yeah. the uh, the guys trying to race them and the fucking uh, cars here. So this is funny because like this was another thing that stuck out in my mind was he always comes up on these two Asian brothers and put and they explain later that they learned English by watching Howard Cosell and Wild World Sports. Now the actual actor in the movie 
he was bummed up because he practiced for for like weeks and weeks imitating Howard Cosell, and then eventually they just went and got comedian Rich Little to overdub and do the impersonation. Is that is that his boss right there? Yeah, I, just like... I was gonna say there's like twice. It, it's really weird. Like he has this job at like Pig Burger, which reminded me of like a takeoff of Porky's or whatever. But like anyway, like yeah. like uh, it might and even be the guy from Porky's. I don't remember the guy who. Yeah, his boss is the guy from Porky's. <laughs> That's what. I but it's like he keeps rear-ending him or bumping into him, and like he's like ready to kill him. But like you never, like you think it's just like some hillbilly guy driving around in a truck. Like it's not even till later that like you realize he works at the restaurant with him. Like it was it was set up like so poorly <laughs> that it made no sense. <laughs> Am I like I always got the bit like the, the, the idea that like he gets the job at the burger joint like this like later on like maybe this yeah. is before you even met, met him. That's what I was trying to figure out yeah. this time watching it, but I was like, but like, yeah, when I was watching this, it was so weird watching this. It's like so real. How did the, he get Hollywood to fucking greenlight this? <laughs> this weird ass movie. And what the only thing I could think of was that he had this idea, and basically he just shoehorned kind of like this uh, 80s teen comedy idea of like, oh yeah, there's a ski tournament. Because you kind of forget the skiing stuff is even yeah, in the movie. <laughs> the skiing stuff is real peripheral. But it's funny too, because I was like reading the whole biography and, um, the first thing he did was he made a short film that was like pretty much a lot of his early shit was bi- autobiographical, and he made this short film that um, was was a based on a true thing was when he was like I think I think he said thirteen years old or something like that, like young he had a birthday party that nobody showed up except for a drunk clown and um and like he made a short film on it and like he meant for it to be sad and depressing but everybody like when he showed it at film festivals thought it was funny. And the Fonz Henry Winkler saw it and was like, "Oh, I gotta have a meeting with you." And he and like Henry Winkler uh, didn't really like work with them, but he just like introduced them to like a bunch of other people and he wrote a script. And like they were just like, I think it was just at the time people were like, "Oh yeah, they're like teen movies are a big cheap thing. Like we'll make lots of money." So they were just like, because looking back, and this is based on his real life of uh, like he did like kind of what happens in the garage where he tries to hang himself. Like he did that in real life. But the pipe broke and then like that he hung the rope off of and like all this water came in on him and his mom just came out into the garage started yelling and screaming at him. So he came mm-hmm. up with this concept of a, a teenager who keeps trying to commit suicide. Um, exactly. Like how do you sell that to a studio? Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't happen now. Like like the, like exactly. I know I know we always say, Oh, you can't make that now, but like you really like there'll be so many people upset that you're like making fun of teen suicide. But I remember that was like the hook of the movie at the time like people thought it was funny that like he he was such a fuck up that he couldn't like kill himself you know I mean? <laughs> yeah apparently there was some uh there was some backlash over the original tagline which was just, you're better off dead and they were like fuck the people were like fucking you can't say that so they, oh you're never better off dead as they yeah. changed it to yeah i heard that in the trailer i just watched a second ago yeah exactly and we got fucking our boy uh, Booger from yep. uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Curtis Armstrong, here. yeah. He's fucking great in this movie. He's like uh, fucking, he's like some drug addict and he's just fucking, the, at some point he's like fucking uh, s- blowing through fucking uh, actual snow. Like <laughs> yeah. fucking, and it's like, oh, the left side of my brain just uh, it froze. I can't move my left, my right arm. Fucking the, the, the comedy in this is so fucking out of note. Like it's so weird. <laughs> But it's right up my alley. Yeah, it is. 
and it's like we we set up like they set up with this opening thing like you think this isn't that important because it's at the beginning of the movie but they show him doing you know he's trying to get on the ski team at school and he's like really fucking awesome but like that's another weird thing is the school just lets this like guy who's the captain like decide who's on the team like there's no actual coach they just let a student decide who's on the ski team so he does an awesome run in time, and the guy just looks at the stopwatch and, like, just basically lies. And, like, oh, yeah, he didn't make the qualifying time when he did, you know? Like, he was, like, really awesome. Mm-hmm. And then that, and, then, and then that's how that bully guy on the uh, ski team basically steals his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, fucking. And the, they set the bully guy up, the ski guy that steals a girlfriend to be totally douchebag. He's got that goofy-ass, like, douchebag smile. Very Chad. Very Chad. His name is Stalin. His yeah. Name's Stalin. <laughs> it's funny they call him Stalin. But um Fucking. what was funny too is the way that the guy Stalin got the uh got the role. He was actually an asshole in real life. He walked into the audition and I guess cause Savage Steve Holland was pretty young when he made this, like he just saw him like sitting in the room and didn't realize he was the director and he just insulted him, calling him a fat surfer. And then, like, and then he found out it was the director, and, and Steve Holland was like, "No, that's perfect. You're like, you're, you're like you're perfect for the role style." <laughs> he's like, "See, this is here we're we're seeing him do another. Basically, the gag is every time these two uh, these two guys show up and like challenge him to a, a street drag race, he always just fucking accidentally gets into a mishap with this fucking boss, uh, whether it's his boss right now or later. But like." I just noticed, like, I didn't notice last night when I was watching it, but, like, every time he drives his car, he puts on those yellow rubber gloves. <laughs> the, the, those dishwashing gloves with the fingers yeah, cut off? <laughs> just for no reason. Just, like, fucking just to make it weird. Yeah. And leave you guessing what the hell is going on in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, like, fucking, this movie is so over the top and weird. I cannot do this movie sober. So I was like, I have to, like, this has to be, like, a drunken commentary. So I took a, sh- a two shots of fucking, uh, what's it called? The fucking uh, wild turkey. And I think Amazing. we're going to, we're going to, weird shit's going to happen on this uh, commentary. So we're, fi- like, exactly 15 minutes in the running time, and he's he's already trying to kill himself. <laughs> I thought that was a fucking critter right there. Oh, the, the, the fire thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. Fucking uh, uh, our boy uh, Mac and I was listening to the Mac and Zach Critters two commentary, and uh, Mac was very fucking drunk out of his mind making that, and he he said the Critters looked like they were wearing Joe Dirt fucking wigs. And I was <laughs> like, that that's so fucking true. I never. <laughs> they do have weird haircuts. You know what's weird too? His his friend played by Curtis Armstrong Booger. I can't remember what his name is in this movie, but um, he uh. He, uh, like, he's really a major character in this movie, and then he's not. <laughs> exactly. You know, he just doesn't, like, as soon as the love, the, the, the new love story of, uh, John Cusack trying to date the French girl, all of a sudden Booger just disappears out of the movie. Yeah, it, like, you, it's so weird, too. It's like, fucking, like, you never know, because the movie just, it runs really quick. Like, there's not, like, a single instance of downtime to me. And it's fucking, like, you, you kind of forget, like, he was there, and then when he shows up again, it's like, oh, fucking booger, I forgot he was in this. Very jam. So we're we're getting close to the 20-minute the mark, and that's supposedly the mark when John Cusack ran out of the screening yelling at Steve Holland. Yeah. <laughs> the movie was terrible. Was it this part? Because this is one of my favorite parts as a kid when the mom makes the jello that's, like, alive and, like, squirms off the plate. <laughs> yeah, this is like, if you're, basically, that's, that's kind of the gauge of whether or not you're going to enjoy this movie. If you don't enjoy the first 30 minutes, this is yeah. not the movie for you. Yeah. 
this like the fucking weird who and like yeah the mom earlier we talked over but like is she reading like is the cookbook she's getting these recipes from like the cooking with fucking uh toothpaste collection or something <laughs> yeah because everything she makes looks like it's got toothpaste and shit Fucking shit like oh, eight cups of AIM toothpaste. Fucking that gives it that flavor. Well, you know what's funny too about like the family or whatever? Like they make fun of the dad like a little bit later for being like, you know, out of touch with kids or whatever. But like other than that, like the dad is actually normal, but the mom is fucking insane. <laughs> she is very, yeah. He, apparently that she was kind of based on his real mom. She used to do shit like this where she's reading weird cookbooks and making like these weird fucking recipes. And then every time it would suck, but she'd kind of blame it on like, oh, I, did, I didn't have enough flour. And that's why it's bad. And she would just keep trying fucking making these weird ass recipes. Apparently she just wasn't a very good cook. Yeah. It's like, and the mom always stood out to me and, um, I didn't know who she was as a kid, but it t- her name's Kim Darby. It turns out like she was actually famous. I guess when she was really young, she was known uh, f- as uh, having like the, I guess the role of the little girl in the original version of um, True Grit or whatever. But it, it, it's oh. funny. Like I know her from like the most random shit because like I know her from Better Off Dead, and then like Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. <laughs> oh, yes. When, when uh, he, he chases her through the clothesline. <laughs> The old lady that he kills, and it's just like, yeah. fucking, she was nice. Why did you yeah. kill that sweet old lady? <laughs> yeah, it actually was like one of the very few times, in all honesty, it's one of the very few times that you actually feel bad about somebody getting killed in a slasher movie. Exactly, fucking, she, like, like I guess, see, these are like the daydreams he has, or like fucking goofy-ass shit right mm-hmm. here. Yeah, like, I love this part where he's playing football, and he runs through the people's picnic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly very trauma kind of humor mm-hmm. like just running through the picnic i remember thinking that while i was watching it but amanda weiss is a stacy in this oh big time stacy i guess we we should mention amanda weiss is probably most famous as being uh, freddy krueger's first victim she was the girl in the first nightmare on elm street that got killed in the bedroom and like tina. yeah tina. tina and then like her body flew up all in the ceiling Exactly. I'm like I was watching this, being like, "Fucking, I, I don't remember seeing Amanda Weiss in a lot of stuff." So like watching this, I was just like, "I'm just gonna assume this takes place in the Freddy universe," and it, it really works. Thinking that. Well, Freddy, really it, Freddy is in this a couple times. Like I'll try to point him out when he, <laughs> he actually is. Yeah. Like, like you know how like Freddy Krueger movies, they always have like somebody who, like when you're in a dream sequence, there's like somebody there who's who's like actually is Freddy, but it's not Freddy. It's just somebody wearing the. Uh, like the sweater mm-hmm. or whatever, like mm-hmm. yeah, like that happens a lot in this movie, and I th- I think it definitely was like Steve Holland doing it on purpose or whatever. Yeah, do yeah. But Amanda Weiss, I swear to God, man, like because I follow her on Instagram, she pretty much looks the same like now, like same hair, same face, everything. Exactly. Fucking right there, they had a little joke, if you're paying attention. Like, he's doing the fucking overdub, because it's supposed to be like, oh, he's sitting there, and it's it's two high school kids, and they're awkward, and they're fucking, like, worrying, like, oh, is she looking at my nose? Like, fuck, she wiped her nose. Do I have something running on my nose? And if you listen to what they're saying underneath the overdub, he says something about Nazis or something. Yeah. Just, like, something that's like, why the fuck would he say that? Just, like, they're playing with, like, it is very naked gun type of humor, where it is, like, fucking, fucking, uh, if you're laughing, Laughing at one joke, you might miss the next one. Like, you know well, I mean? it's always weird too because that that rag that he like wipes his face with it always looks like a pair of panties to me. 
Hell yeah. Now, I thought it was like funny that, that the little brother cut the side out of the box out of the cat like food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what send away a... items did you get on the side of cat foods? They did. They said that they did that joke a lot in the like uh, Nickelodeon shows, especially where it's like, oh, you get the prize, you got to cut the uh, the little proof of purchase out of the the fucking uh, the uh, what's it called the cereal box. But it's like you ever notice that it's always only in movie logic where like they cut it out and then the the cereal just comes out. It's like in yeah. real life they don't just put cereal in a box; they put it in a bag and then put it in the box. Exactly. So technically, you could have cut that fucking proof of purchase out, and it wouldn't have made any difference. But for the movie, it's like, oh, is this fucking coming right out of the box, or they grab it? I mean, I guess technically you could like puncture the bag, like mm-hmm. if you're just yeah. cutting it from the outside. Now, now here, here's where the gag gets set up with the paperboy comes back. He he he's owed like I think twenty weeks of newspapers for two dollars, <laughs> and supposedly this was based on a real shit too as a. A uh, newspaper boy kept hounding Steve Holland for two dollars. Exactly, one of the funniest gags in the movie happens with the paper boy later. In the movie. <laughs> it does. Cu- like couple scenes, yeah. It's yeah, it's kind of playing on that, like oh, he's a kid and he owes debts, but it's just like fucking in this movie, he's just like a paper boy because he's a kid. Fucking like usually you watch a movie and it's like oh the character that you know he's flawed character he owes debts it's usually like with a bookie and he's like a gambling addict or something but in this movie it's a kid so he fucking he owes a debt to the fucking newspaper boy very shad. So that scene that went by right there it's a uh, John Cusack's driving to school but every song on the radio is a breakup song and it's making him sad about his girlfriend so he pulls exactly. he pulls the radio out of the car. <laughs> throws it out the window and somehow the radio is still playing until it like scrapes down the street and finally goes rawr, rawr, rawr. like it's like exactly. it wasn't a tape it was the radio <laughs> exactly fucking the editor was just fucking he was not paying attention he just <laughs> he did he forgot how radios work for that gag and it's so weird too because like watching this again like they there's so many uh classroom scenes with amanda weiss um they did a it, it totally reminded me of like like these. It made me feel like the school scenes from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Like it has that look to it. You know what I mean? That same mm-hmm. '80s movie look. Now we gotta talk about my boy Vincent Chevelli here, because oh, like yeah. this movie has some Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, you know, ties. Uh, Amanda Weiss uh, apparently was in Fast Times as well. I don't quite mm-hmm. remember who her character was. I don't remember if she was. have been a really small character, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember if she was maybe one of the cheerleaders or something like that. I know Kelly Maroney was a cheerleader in Fast Times. But Vincent Chevelli was the uh, the the teacher in that movie, too. And uh, took the class on a field trip that Spicoli crashed, and they went to see the dead body or whatever. Oh, yeah. But it's it's kind of funny. He's almost playing the same character. I mean, he always acts the same. But in Fast Times, he was like the weird, ugly teacher who um, had a hot, like young, hot wife. And in this one, he's he's trying to get in the pants of Amanda Weiss. Yeah, it's a running joke that every time, like, basically a bunch of different people ask him, like, "Oh, I, I heard you broke up with her. You mind if I, like, you know, try to date her?" Fucking like at one point, Barney Rubble says that when he's turning through the channels and he lands on the Flintstones, very Chad. Yeah. And our boy Russell from fucking Biodome shows up and it's like, fucking Russell, how did you get a job? He's a fucking mailman. And even he asks if he can fucking plant the moves on fucking Amanda Weiss. Oh, I'm so stupid, man. I just looked it up. Amanda Weiss played the uh, the girlfriend of the Judge Reinhold character in Fast Times. Where like oh. like they break up and then like he like I think at first he wants to break up or something. 
because he thinks he's going to get all these girls and he doesn't get any girls so he just misses her the whole time so mm-hmm. it's like she's pretty much playing the same role like well not twice in a row but like two times in like a two or three year period i love this shot like looking down at the the like 30 foot tall blackboard like they would mm-hmm. that's the thing is like there is a lot of cheap like little goofy gags but then they do like a lot of like really hard work visual stuff like that like they built that whole set for that blackboard shot and then um yeah. like when they do the stop motion later and then like the closet earlier they built a whole set just for one joke so like like I know this was a low budget movie and they said he finished it actually early and uh, under budget but like they really like there's some jokes that they really go out of their way to set up the movie is actually like yeah like I would never guess this is someone's first movie it seems like they just yeah. fucking know what they're doing it works so good yeah now they kind of set it up that his cool car that he bought his Camaro it doesn't run it's like under a tarp in the driveway and they like they kind of like you know set up that he needs a cool car or you like get his girlfriend back or whatever but this station actually actually is pretty good because you can it's big enough the back of it that they can have sex in it oh yeah fucking you want to do that you want to fucking a, a nice car to fucking pound your girlfriend Amanda Weiss in the back seat Looking make her make her my own baby. And I like that when they're having sex, like there was guys stealing the wheels off the car. <laughs> as you do, as you do. I remember, oh yeah, yeah. I remember this drawing he did on the the blackboard of a, the big pregnant stomach is like being a big. I don't know, maybe it was in the trailers or something. But it, I remember it being like a really big gag, like when I was a kid. But now when you watch it, it's like one of the most like nothing gags there is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you forget about that one. Like, yeah, the fucking it, this really is one of those movies. Like, yeah, fucking there's just so many jokes, and it's like fucking. I give. Uh, how can you ever know? Like, you get the feeling you can watch this over and over and notice new jokes that you never noticed before. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny yeah. too, because like all the kids in the class, like they were so excited, like they're actually you know acting like very artificially. They were so excited to learn from the teacher. <laughs> very Chad, exactly. Yeah. Where like most movies, like everybody hates the teacher or whatever. There, there she is, fucking big Stacy. Yeah, he doesn't even know he's so obsessed with the the other Stacy. Which like, I mean, I can't blame him. Or whatever, you know, it's like it's Amanda mm-hmm. Weiss. But I mean, come on, when there when there's fresh Stacys right in front of you, what are you gonna do? He's got a fetus in that pickled jelly. You think that's a pickled fetus? Uh, boy. No, like you can tell. Um, I watched it on my big screen last night. You can tell it's actually a a baby pig. Dang. Yeah, but it's curl the way it's curled up. It does kind of look like a real fetus. Now this is the best part here, where the teacher asks him like, "This is where this gag starts running." Like, "Hey, I heard some things around school. You know, that you think he's going to comfort him, like hearing he had a breakup with his girlfriend, but then he wants to know if he can ask." If we could ask uh, her out, I'm like, imagine a teacher asking a fel- a student if he can ask another student out on a date. <laughs> fucking Chad, that's what you gotta do. You gotta become a teacher just so you could fucking get the chicks that are on the rebound, baby. Yeah. There, there's Dan Snyder. Yeah. Fucking all these weird stories about him, like fucking he. Apparently, when he's casting people, he looks at their feet, and it's like. Fucking, uh, see, I hear stuff like that, and I'm like, I don't know. Fucking, I, I'm not. Is that like something like people are just easy to throw around now? It's just like the term like pedophile. I like think maybe, so. like this motherfucker, he worked for Nickelodeon. Like for all we know, it was a show where like the whole fucking cast of characters were feet. 
Like they had a show where you just fucking. What was the show where like it was the whole cast was just like uh, people with their chins upside down and they drew faces on their chin. Oh, yeah, I know like, what you're talking about. Fucking yeah. <laughs> Imagine after they filmed every single episode, a guy just went down the line and plugged him up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Boys. we'll get, we'll get back always... to Dan Schneider in a second, but that was the Jello snorting scene. You're fucking snorting that Jello. You ever try that? No, but it, I always like wanted to do it from watching this movie. But then, like by the time I, you know, I only eat Jello like once every ten years. So by the time I get it, I forget about it. You know. The idea of snorting anything really like just like I I can't see myself ever like it just seems so weird. Yeah, I hate when like. Fucking I accidentally drink something and then I laugh and then it comes out and oh, it's just not a comfortable feeling. Speaking of which, uh, when they showed Ricky earlier sitting with the, uh, I think, uh, what's the French girl's name? Monique? Diane Franklin? I can't remember if it's Monique. Yeah, I forgot. Fucking, uh, just call her Diane Franklin. Yeah, Diane Franklin. But yeah, when she was sitting there, they had that dank ass Hershey's chocolate milk carton sitting oh, yeah. on the thing. I always saw that Hershey's chocolate milk carton sitting uh, you know, like as product placement in movies, I've never been able to find it in my entire life. Like, I don't know if it's just something they make special for schools, cafeterias, or whatever. Like, I've found like the plastic bottles you can buy, but that's like not the same. Like, I've always wanted it, looks so good with that. Like, it looks just like the wrapper of the candy bar, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I saw the uh, the uh, the cereal box cutting scene. There was a, a cereal called uh, it was a uh, Captain Crunch, but it was like uh, the chocolate fucking, uh, uh, what do they call it? Like fucking, uh, uh the, the chocolate pebbles or whatever sure. they are, the fucking the chocolate berries. But they can discontinue that cereal. It's like, that sounds fucking dog. It does. I always love this scene too, where he's talking to the drawing. I like the exactly. earlier scene too, where he spilled all the cat, cat food and the cat came like right on cue into frame to eat it. <laughs> mm hmm. But yeah, like he's drawing pictures and fucking talking to them. They're like the stop motion animation. It's like, yeah, there's, you could tell like fucking this, this is like the kind of movie like you think you want to make when you're a kid making movies in your room, like with yeah. your fucking camcorder. It's like fucking incorporate everything that's fun to do with the video camera, fucking stop motion, all this shit. And he's getting ready to hit on a new uh, Stacy. Fucking uh, Chris, big chat over here. Yeah, Chris Cummins. There's that Hershey's chocolate. I'm like, oh, God, I want to drink that so bad. Yeah, so oh, yeah. Chris Cummins is like the che hot cheerleader of the school that dates the entire basketball team. And, like, you have to see it real quick. I just, I never noticed it. Like, if you look at right there, the the base basketball team, they actually just eat baby food out of jars. <laughs> yeah, like, was that just like to fucking, I, I saw that trivia, but I didn't notice it on screen. Was yeah. it like... Just something to like, because that's all they had, or is it like something you're supposed to like notice and like, wait, wait, are they eating fucking baby food? But I think it's supposed to be because like they're so like mentally dumb because they they don't even speak in sentences; they just grunt. Now that <laughs> this was like you know one of my like I thought this was hilarious when I saw this as a kid because he's on roller Stacks. skates trying to impress her and then he falls and, and like in one fell sloop uh, rips off her whole clothing, her cheerleader outfit. Exactly. So we gotta like try to imagine when it was that John Cusack ran out of the fucking theater <laughs> thinking his career was over and it's like it couldn't have been like I, I can't see it at all it, it had to be the jello thing there, the, yeah, there was when the teacher drove by with the uh, with the Beth the girlfriend and I love this scene too that he's committing suicide off the bridge and his friend Booger just happens to be driving by <laughs> on a motorcycle or not a motorcycle but a bicycle 
he's the one that tells me he's like fucking suicide is not the answer fucking hell yeah and like yeah that's one of those things it's like like i wasn't alive back then so like i I was wondering how did they market this movie did they fucking like yeah because it kind of does end in a way where it's like fucking it all kind of works out and it's like Oh hell yeah, fucking suicide, fuck that. Like, fuck, you know, the depression is it's temporary. Like, you're gonna get through it, baby. You just gotta. It's always it takes a while, but eventually it goes away. It subsides, baby. Here's the joke that reeled me in on the TV commercials as a kid when he falls in the garbage truck and the two black guys, which, by the way, it's Stephen Williams, the captain from Twenty One Jump Street. This is when he was still doing like speaking extra roles. And, he, and they see they, the two black guys, uh, they're like trimming trees or power lines or something. And they see him roll by in the garbage truck. He waves to him. And Stephen Williams says, funniest line probably in all of cinema. He said, no, that's a damn shame. People throwing away a perfectly good white boy. <laughs> exactly. Especially when it's John Cusack. Would you John his Cusack? Oh, I, well, I, I would until I heard he hated this movie. But, um. Fucking, I probably would junk you. I would like fucking, I would John that Cusack so hard. Fucking, there wouldn't be any Cusack left for me, to, like for anybody else after I was done. I'm sure. I mean, he's he's a star of a stage and screen. I mean, how could you not? Exactly. Fucking, I I recently discovered another fucking John Cusack classic tape heads that you fucking oh, yeah, you man. introduced me to, very Chad. And you know I only discovered that movie because I saw it uh, in a five dollar DVD bin uh, at Kmart one time, and it was back when I was like buying up just about anything that had an actor that I liked in it. You know what I mean? Oh, and man. I was just like, yeah, I w- like that blew my mind because I'd never even heard of that movie before I watched it, so I had no idea, and I was just blown away by the whole. Um, like what do you call it the uh uh like the music video theme of it i was yeah. like i was like that was a cool idea for a movie you know and, and another just oddball comedy that it's surprising got greenlit like fucking the the way hollywood works and the suits it's like fucking how could you fucking pitch this to them and then be like yeah that sounds like a good idea so so instead of paraphrasing i'll try to read some of this trivia about what happened with john cusack um Apparently they're having a screening because they shot this in One Crazy Summer like almost back to back. Like, you know, they, they were just about to shoot One Crazy Summer when this was finished editing. So they mm-hmm. had a screening. It says uh, he ran out of uh, the screening after 20 minutes. And uh, the next morning, John Cusack said, um, said, you know, you tricked me. Better Off Dead was the worst thing I've ever seen. I will never trust you as a director ever again, so don't speak to me. And like... Mm-hmm. Steve Holland said he didn't understand like what was wrong and uh, Cusack just said that I sucked and I was the worst thing he had ever seen and I used him and made a fool out of him and all this other stuff so like Cusack thought he was going to come off as this big fucking Chad in this movie and I'm just like and, I, and I've seen other quotes from Cusack just saying like oh the you know it wasn't as dark or whatever as he thought and it was just the the, the movie didn't turn out the way the script he thought I think he was just like he thought this was his shot to be like the next Tom Cruise or something after Risky Business came out a couple of years earlier. You know, like I think he thought, oh, this will be the movie that will catapult me to leading man. You know what I mean? It's possible, yeah. And it's possible that his uh, fucking agent was telling him all yeah. that shit, like, oh, yeah, this is what you got to do, babe. This is, this is, this is what the kids want to see. So I, I never knew that shit. And uh, I heard, I mean, not heard, but I just read some commentary. I was reading like background on this. And they were saying, like, um, 
the only reason he went ahead and shot one crazy summer was you know he was contractually obligated to there was no way to get out of it not like our boy um uh, john boyega <laughs> john boyega <laughs> he don't like what you serve for lunch that day he's he's walking off that film and you're shutting down but uh i'm I'm actually excited to watch that movie now. I am too, yeah. The Blu-ray comes out in like a... Either it came out today or it's coming out next week. I can't remember which. But um, Yeah, I'm going to have to get a hold of that soon. But um, yeah, like uh, I've seen people's critiques. Like, and I always thought Cusack was good in One Crazy Summer. And that was another thing too is I always loved Better Off Dead. And like, it was like one of my... Like Better Off Dead and uh, Jim Carrey's Once Bitten were like my two favorite comedies as a kid. Like hands down, big time. Mm-hmm. And I always liked One Crazy Summer. I saw it, uh, you know, on cable a bunch. But I just never put two and two together that it was like the same director. Because it had such a different like setting and plot. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. like more of an ensemble movie. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, like some people have claimed that like Cusack, like, you know, he looked bored or he was like whatever. And it was like... I don't know. It's hard to say though, because if he didn't like acting, like I would as an actor, shit, man, I would love to fucking get up every day and go film Better Off Dead, you know, film all this exactly. weird shit. Like, oh yeah, like maybe he was just trying to look more cool when he did One Crazy Summer. You know what I mean? He's a, it's probably one of those things where he wanted to be the Tom Cruise type of actor and he just wasn't kind of like the way he read the script. It wasn't kind of like he wasn't seeing the dark comedy kind of stuff in this. And then like fucking, he probably like. Well, it had a big black backlash at first, but then kind of like fucking it grew on him, and he was just like fucking, you know, fucking. Uh, he probably doesn't want to admit that, like, I want to be the next fucking uh, Tom Cruise or something. He fucking uh, no, it was just uh, the script wasn't. Uh, it was darker than I thought it would be, but like we we talked over fucking our Dan Schneider. Like, his little arc is fun because, like, basically, he's the kid that lives next door with his mom. And, like, fucking the, the, the Stacy-ass French exchange student is living with them because, like, she's got somewhere. She's got she's to gotta live somewhere. And that's who she's teamed up with, basically. And, like, fucking, she's, uh, basically, you find out towards the end that she's been fake and, like, she does speak English, but she, like, she just doesn't want to fucking, like... Cause like he's basically like, oh, she, oh, I'm the only one in the fucking around. Like she, all I gotta do is like fucking not let her see all the other kids at school. Fucking, she'll fall in love with me, baby. He's doing that shit. But fucking, I can't blame him. She's Stacy. Exactly. That was that was just the uh, Christmas scene where the mom gave him uh, uh, frozen dinners for Christmas, and that was true too. Cause. Uh... Steve Holland's mom gave him frozen dinners for his birthday one year, and it was—I don't know where this came up just to be funny, but like the weird animal costumes, <laughs> like the mom is almost like a furry or whatever. Yeah, here's our boy Russell right here. Uh, he, how did he get a job? Yeah, fucking President Clinton, I think. But like I was gonna say too, like I can see that like as a kid getting fucking frozen TV dinners for uh, like Christmas would be like fucking lame. But like watching it last night as an adult, I'm just like. I can deal with that. Fucking, yeah. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at Cusack's biography, and it just, it just floors me, because he really had, like, glorified extra parts before this. Like, he did The Sure Thing and Better Off Dead around the same time. And I guess also The Journey of Natty Gan, which is a more serious Disney movie. But, like, yeah, like, I just don't know why he had such a fucking attitude. Like, like to me, like, I would just be like, oh, I'm starring in a movie. Like, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. How big was his role in Sixteen Candles? It was real small. Like, and like he's just like the lackey of uh, Farmer Ted, Anthony Michael Hall. Like he, I, I think he only has like one or two lines, and like he's just standing and around, like in the background of scenes. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Like he's not even like a character character in the movie. I figured, yeah, I didn't remember him in the movie. Yeah. So that was our boy Taylor Negron as the the mailman, and like that guy had a knack. I think his biggest role was playing the villain in uh, the Last Boy Scout. But during the eighties, he had a knack of just he'd always play these like great like like tiny character roles. Like he was the pizza delivery man of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And, like, mm-hmm. he just would, like, show up in a movie for a minute. But he was so recognizable, even though he was, like, literally a guy that always just had one, like, one line, two lines in the movies. You know what I mean? If I were you, I'd go out and hump for the next year. Biodome. By the way, we we got to thank the listeners, by, uh, baby. The Biodome, uh, I don't know why, but Biodome, about four or five months after we released it, all of a sudden has got a newfound life. That's the new classic that everybody's digging on in the download category. So Hell thank yeah. you, listeners. I'm, I was a little disappointed because I thought that was going to get a huge um, response at first, and you know it did okay at first, and then it really dropped off for three or four months, and then I looked at the stats again the other day, I'm like, holy shit, what's going on? Why is Biodome getting all these downloads in its fifth month of release? Like, They all bought the Blu-ray, because of course you do, and then yeah. realized there was no commentary, so like, I gotta get my Biodome commentary yeah. fixed. They, they burned it to CD and put it in the case with the <laughs> Blu-ray or DVD. See, look at this. Fucking spraying with his deodorant, and just like fucking, just a fucking cloud. cloud yeah. Of it. It's like, I feel bad for like, because uh, as a kid, you always have those movies that kind of teach you how to do something. Like, I remember as a kid, like, I, it wasn't like Home Alone, but I remember like seeing a movie where a guy used aftershave and I was like, fucking, oh, you got to do that. It makes you smell good. And, like, I didn't really put it together in my mind. You know, what's funny is I didn't even know until like really recently why aftershave is a thing. Like it, it's supposed to like soothe your skin after you like cut it all up, fucking shaving it. But it makes no sense because it's always burning, like especially yeah, old yeah. old school old man after shame. That shit burns and dries the shit out of your face. It does the opposite. Yeah, it's just, and one of those weird things where like the things you, like you you think you know as a kid, but like you never. It's like a blind spot you have because you think you have it figured out while you're an adult, and then one day you just like realize like fucking oh I, I guess I never really thought about why exactly. You use aftershave, but I guess, yeah, I guess fucking this soothes like your, your skin after you kind of like cut it up a little bit while you're shaving. Fucking, uh, that makes sense. But like, here's his dad set him up with his boss's daughter, mm-hmm. and like, fucking, she's got these uh, metal braces. It's like, I would still hit that. Oh, Not yeah. Bad. Yeah, I wouldn't care. It just, she just doesn't want anything to it. Now we have to talk, now we're on really Stacy alert though, because we got oh, the, well, we yeah. got the school dance with our girl. E.G. Daly, Elizabeth Daly, singing the song. Who was she? Was a great '80s actress, of course, in the movie Valley Girl, and then she did a lot of soundtracks. And she played Dottie and Pee Wee's Big. I Adventure. did not realize she sang, and you could yeah. tell this is really her singing. Yep. You can just tell her voice. Yeah, like like almost all the movies she was in back then, she sang one of the songs on the soundtrack. It's kind of like a combo deal of why they uh, why they got her. I know her the most by Tommy Fucking Pickles because I was a '90s kid, grew up on Nickelodeon. And like uh, they they were very forthcoming about showing you who the 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 voice cast was, so I knew like oh like by the time I I'd seen like fucking you know Pee Wee's Big Adventure and I saw Dottie I was like oh that's the chick that plays fucking Tommy Pickles, very Chad, but like here she is just fucking singing the song and yeah you could tell it's her she's not like lip syncing to somebody else's song. Her dress was falling out. Yeah, he, okay, here's the scene. Here. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Yeah. Three. Like, it literally is the Freddy sweater, like the original version of the mm-hmm. Freddy sweater. That's the thing, too, is it's like, you know, that's funny, too. Like, he said, he basically, like, 
he shits on them, and then fucking our boy Booger just like laughs yeah. at it, like fucking this is the best. <laughs> like that's that's actually pretty funny. Like I, I wonder how a boy would react if you just laughed at it, like not like that actually is pretty funny. Like they can't fucking like well, fucking I guess it didn't hurt his feelings, well, fucking. Uh, but I guess it was a good joke. But like, but like yeah, you know that they had to have done that on purpose because they don't just sell striped sweaters that look like the Freddy sweater. Exactly. Like, you, like if you go to a store trying to find those specific colors, they never have them. It's almost no. like fucking uh, Wes Craven must have like uh, patented those colors being <laughs> yeah. on a stripe Wes sweater. Wes Craven's fashions. <laughs> exactly. It's like I always just wanted a fucking a, a real Freddy sweater, not one made to be like a, a Halloween like just like a Christmas type sweater, like that I can actually wear. Fucking like that'd be Chad. I thought it was so weird Ricky's interest there that the doors burst open and he's all dramatically backlit. It's like, why? <laughs> the hero shot. Yeah, exactly. the hero shot for a turd character. <laughs> exactly. He's, he's, he's on top of the world because he got the big Stacy living with him. Fucking, yeah. See, if we could watch this movie from his point of view, this is probably like he's probably going on. His life is probably a day-to-day John Hughes-type comedy adventure. He's just like, oh, my God, I got this hot chick. It's like fucking, uh, you know, uh, uh, weird science all over again in his world. It's yeah, it's funny too because like the school, like the school dance parts apart, so Ricky can do his big dance. It's like everybody loves this guy, even though he's an asshole. He he looks a lot like Josh Peck. Yeah, he does. <laughs> the kid from uh, the Nickelodeon show uh, Drake and Josh. And that's like, that's one of the ones that the, our boy made too. So he he worked on it. Yeah. He had to have been like fucking. We got to hire this kid because he looks just like me. <laughs> I think we, we, we touched on it, his exit from Nickelodeon. There was all this, like, because he worked for them, I think, for 18 years. And then he just, he said, according to him, he just needed a break. And now he's back working with them. He needed to take a year off. But, yeah, there was all these weird scandal rumors and shit, but never, like, any real accusations that I could find about him. Yeah, like, it's always just people, like, saying shit on the Internet. And it's like, he was really weird with fucking uh, Britney, Britney Spears' sister. It's like, well, why are we hearing that from you and not Britney Spears' sister? Like, exactly. she, like, she doesn't say anything bad about him. They seem like they were business partners and, like, it seemed like the fucking relationship was fine. Just, like, working together. Like, fucking, why speculate? And, yeah, especially in this day and age, like, wouldn't Britney Spears' sister be suing to get some money from Nickelodeon? You know what I mean? Totally, yeah. Oh, it was because Britney Spears, she had to quit doing the show she was cast because she got pregnant out of nowhere. They were like, hmm, Dan Schneider's like, we know it wasn't Dan Schneider. She had a boyfriend and it was the, like, you're just, you're just <laughs> making thought, shit up. They thought Dan, like Dan Schneider, who was probably in his 30, late 30s by then, knocked up uh, Jamie Lynn Spears, who was like 16 or 17 or whatever. Here's where our boy meets her for the first time, the Stacy, the fucking uh, Diane Franklin. It's kind of interesting, too, because, like, because he really is, like, a Chad. He just has a confidence crisis. Like, that's the thing that I actually like about the movie is, like, if you watch the trailers and shit, it's just, like, he needs to fucking die. He's a loser. He's better <laughs> off dead. But it's, like, when you watch the movie, he's, like, he's he's an awesome athlete. Just the guy fucks him out of a spot on the ski team. Like, he had the game and everything to get that girl, you know, Amanda Weiss and the uh, uh, keeper, it's it just like she was just looking for somebody with clout, you know what I mean? She just was basically mm-hmm. like a whore. And then and then this girl who's like, you know, I don't know, like probably in the top three attractive girls of the school, she's dying to go out with them. She's like, like, like usually the movies are all about the guy trying to get the girl, but this one's about the girl chasing after the guy like a little bit, you know what I mean? 
It really is a thing we all go through where, like, you get the feeling that this is kind of his first love and his first real breakup. Yeah. And it really does. It does fucking, like, it just Take run you through you. the coals, baby. But, like, yeah, it's like one of those things where when you're an adult and you see another kid going through the same thing, it's just like, man, you've got nothing to be sad about, man. <laughs> like, you'll get over it. Don't worry about it, baby. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's weird that how, like, when you're older and you look back, you're like, why did I even care so much? It's something that you literally can't teach somebody by telling them yeah. from experience. They just have to learn it themselves. <clears throat> not not very Chad, but like we all do it, baby. Oh, we we all we sometimes multiple times in your life. So what can you mm-hmm. do? Now, now coming up here is like one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Is like I like how he's like just in front of the school and he starts to walk away. Like for some reason, he parked his car on a street like blocks away instead of in the school parking lot. That's another thing that fascinates me about movies, how people just park their cars on random streets, leave the windows down, walk away. <laughs> but yeah, he, he like takes, it's like a field next to this, the school kind of thing, like a hill, and it's all backlit, ominous, it looks like a horror movie. And like now the paperboy has shown up with multiple paperboys. Like you kind of can't even really tell who the original one is, kind of. But they all look the same. I thought I thought that was like a gag, like the Freddy Krueger thing, where he's like paper, and then he fucking turns around and he's on the other side. Like it was just like he, he somehow got over there. Yeah. yeah, but it's just a bunch of paperboys, which is funny because it's like he's getting hounded by fucking paperboys. He's getting chased home oh, by some fucking kids. I love this scene, man. All the fog and the the spotlights going through the air, like. It's so it's awesome, re- man. It's reminiscent of Daniel's son when he when the yep. dancing where he's got to fucking get home. Uh, the fucking all the bullies chasing him. It's probably it's probably a parody of that. Now that I think about it, the whole movie kind of seems like it could have been a parody of like the teen comedy. Yeah, like kind of it's crazy going on. But it, it like it works. I don't know why this movie is. Uh, it seems like it's always remembered by people so, like the horror community kind of seems to remember it but they always kind of seem to remember it for one scene which hasn't happened yet yeah. and it's a good scene it's like the most kind of like outlandish goofy scene in the movie but like to me the rest of the movie is just as memorable well, as that scene well, well to, to me oh here's another great thing because the little brother ordered a book how to pick up trashy women he's just got a room full of porn stars and, and like <laughs> they, like, it never, like, dawned on me, because I think it was supposed to be New Year's Eve. Like, it never dawned on me, like, until recently. It's like, how come, like, he's so depressed about not having any women? How, how come he just didn't go in that room and, like, hang out with them? <laughs> the joke is that his brother is better at picking up women than he is. And we should, his little brother? Yeah, his brother's eight years old. <laughs> he's got, like, a bunch of, like, grown adult women hanging out in his room. And he just Real closes it up. Did you notice the, uh, the, the graduate reference there? Oh, no. Like uh, the the scene from The Graduate where he's like, oh, you're already seducing me, Mrs. Robertson? This shot through her legs, and you can see him in the doorway. I totally they didn't did notice that. Show. And now she's, like, cooking a fucking, like, what the fuck? It just gets more and more outlandish with his mom's cooking mishaps. Yeah, now she's got, like, squids and shit in a pot. <laughs> this is the goofiest. This is the goofiest scene in the movie, and you showed me that, uh, what was it? The, the uh, Yugoslavian. <laughs> Yugoslavian <laughs> poster. This is what they decided to put on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> Just him with like a bunch of Q-tips in his mouth while he's brushing his teeth and like in his ears and shit. And then they put like some random chick that isn't even in the movie. <laughs> like like a two of them though. There's like two chicks. It's like the same looking one, but it's like a double I was, image. I was like, is that supposed to be Mana Weiss? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, she's it the only blonde in the movie, but... 
I thought it was supposed to be like the hookers from the little brother's room or whatever. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> really weird. If you want that Yugoslavian poster, you can get it uh, 200 bucks on eBay. I should, I should say, because I was looking for the real posters. The real posters, ironically, for this movie, considering it wasn't that big of a hit, the real posters for this, there must not have been many made because uh, they're rare. Yeah. Fucking, I always love that, too, when you find a movie that you love and it's like you don't hear people liking it. Yeah. And it's like, this movie, no one talks about it. The poster must be super fucking, like, cheap. And then you go there and it's yeah. like, oh, it does have it's like, oh, kind of a following. Yeah. <laughs> this, that hat they make him wear in this, though, at his job is fucking genius. I know, the pig hat. I should say, okay, I would... yeah, that restaurant was a real restaurant at the time. And they just, like, put the graphics over the real sign of, like, the fake name, you know? Mm, this is the scene that everybody remembers that I was alluding to a little yeah. bit ago. Where he's like, he's working at his job. He tells him, like, fucking, oh, yeah, I make the hamburgers this way and shit. Like, there's a little gag here where he's like, I'm going to go wash my hands. He's like, you wash your hands on your own time. <laughs> fucking making him eat, make all these burger patties with fucking dirty hands. <laughs> dirty hands. And, like, right there, he's like, oh, yeah, look at the fucking marquee. And it's just like, is it like it, it, playing up on the whole, like, fucking a hot woman just uh, to sell stuff. It's like, you wouldn't even notice anything on that marquee except for the hot woman who's like, half naked side boob action going on i always thought too it's got to be a, a a reference to porky's right the pig burgers name because like it, it, pig burgers makes no sense i mean there's never I mean, unless you put bacon on top there's never any pig in a hamburger patty you know what i mean exactly he makes a big ass fucking hamburger patty that actually like i would i would eat a burger that big this big ass oh, patty yeah. he makes here. I would too. Fucking Frankenstein monster patty. Well, you know what's funny is the payoff to this scene is like, because you know he's just sitting around doing nothing, and finally the guy's teaching him like, okay, make the hamburger this way. Like, like I thought this was like at like eight o'clock in the morning before they opened or something, because he's like he's like the only cook back there and he's not making anything. But then later we see there's like a packed restaurant of customers. <laughs> Exactly. See, this is a this is a King Cobra JFS size burger right here. This is the yeah. kind of burger oh, yeah. you put, it, and you're not going to be able to cook it all the way through. The, yeah, this is the one where the grease is running all the way down your arms. Afterwards. <laughs> I still can't believe he did. Like, I can't believe the person that does that exists. I know. It's like letting grease. <laughs> like he's a fucking pig in a trough. <laughs> this is amazing to me. I couldn't even imagine. Like. If something was that greasy, I would have to put it down and eat it with a fork. But he just keeps going. I would get like a napkin and dab the grease off of it. (laughs) This is this is literally like if I had to guess a scene he might walk out, I would guess this scene where he's like fucking doing the Igor, fucking like mixed with the Frankenstein type of like goofy caricature where he's like putting the fucking burger on there and he's rising it up and then it comes back and this is the fucking big uh the uh what, what song do they play they got an eddie van halen basically music van video halen, yeah everybody wants this, some this yeah. fucking uh fucking uh claymation hamburger just starts fucking bebopping dancing around playing the eddie van halen guitar you know what's we- you know what's weird too though is the claymation hamburger makes me hungry too because it doesn't look like a real hamburger but it looks yeah. if you watch some fucking shows like cake boss or whatever where they make like a cake that looks like a hamburger that's what it looks like like the, yeah. the, the i've seen it shit the fucking teeth the yeah. gap in his teeth is a nice touch yeah very spongebob square pants over and like they they must have clearly had the music rights already because like the the um the catchphrase of pig burgers is on the signs and everything it says everybody wants some and uh, which, I want some too. which is the name of the song they're playing and then um 
and then he the little hamburger he actually plays like the eddie van halen type guitar with the the <laughs> plaid stripes and shit on it hangs out and dances with the stacy hamburger lady yeah which everybody talks about Lola Bunny, but uh, the the lady hamburger and, and then these French fry ladies—they're sexy as hell. Hell yeah! Some of them have okay. almost Asian eyes. What would you call that? Like fucking the the furries and the fucking yeah. what, what do you call people that are sexually attracted to fucking food? Oh, I'm sure it exists. Fo- foodies, <laughs> right? Foodies. We need to make that a, nor- a more common thing in movies so that like kids have their sexual awakening. Because that's what makes furries. It's like pe- kids that had their sexual awakening watching things like Space Jam and noticing like, exactly. holy shit, Lola Bunny is a fucking Stacy. Like you could rub her butt and it would be all furry. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. This is a good scene too. Yeah. Fucking he gets seen by his girlfriend and the, uh, the fucking new Chad boyfriend. Yeah. Did you notice right there he puts the hat on the kid as he's yeah. leaving? Yeah, that's why, because he gives the kid the hat. I always thought he got fired there, but later he breaks into Pig Burger at night to have a romantic evening <laughs> with his new girlfriend. I, I assume that was just like a fucking thing he did just to make the kid laugh, and they just kept it in the movie. Because you can see the kid laughing, and they just kind of edit his laugh out of the soundtrack. I could see that Savage Steve kept it. And they're probably like, oh, it won't even show on the VHS version. They'll only be able to see it for a little bit in the theater. So, yeah, so, like, now we're finally getting back to the ski thing because he wants to do the ski thing to, sh- to show up the jerk guy. But, uh, mm-hmm. like, they they never really come out and say this, but you just got to put two and two together from the beginning that he was a good skier, but now that he's lost his confidence, like, and plus it's a hard ski hill to ski down, supposedly. But um, a New York man right suicide by fire. That's probably the darkest joke. New York men commit suicide and they have a picture of the monk. Who uh, burned himself. Yeah, that was on the album cover of like Rage Against the Machine. Now, even Barney Rubble is asking if he can take Beth out now on the TV. I thought that was a great would, surreal touch. I would have fucking uh, popped a big boner and hung out with Barney Rubble. Like, oh, you yeah. want to date my Stacy? Hell yeah, Barney. <laughs> let's fucking, let's vibe on some shit. Fucking, what were you thinking when fucking uh, Fred just started fucking, uh, he sold out to Big Cup. Big cum, and he started fucking doing those fucking cigarette commercials. What were you thinking? I, yeah, like, I was disappointed with them. Fucking uh, sellout. Yeah. I, you know what's funny is uh, I, I didn't notice it last night when I was watching it, but like I, I thought that the ending where the fucking space shuttle busts out of the house, I thought <laughs> yeah. that was just like a weird way to end it. Like fucking, just like just in case you didn't think the movie was batshit enough, now a fucking a space shuttle just bursts out of their house for no reason. They actually did have a setup to it. Oh it's yeah. The, the, his little brother bought a uh, build your own space shuttle kit. Yeah, they <laughs> like. Uh... Now this is funny. Where the mom's trying to, she's like, she's like, I, I made the food that you eat in France. She goes, French fries, French bread, and then Perrier. She calls Peru. Hell yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they set it up twice because first they show the brother at the the breakfast table with like filling out like the pamphlet to order it, and then right there they showed uh, Cusack looking at the box with the instructions on how to build the space shuttle. So, like, they were really setting it up. So, like, I think it's kind of like it kind of plays like not as good that they put it in the end credits when it should have been like legit into the movie. You know what I mean? It works. It works either way. Because, like, the the special effects get really bad, or at least on the DVD, it might look cleaned up on the Blu ray, but like, because they have like all that grit and like double grain from laying the, the credits over top of it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked kind of shitty. 
Yeah, like a, a weird way to think. Like I always wa- like notice that when I'm watching, like especially like really old movies, like movies like Black and White. Yeah. You notice like the fucking all the shit they had to go through to make just a simple like dissolve transition from yeah. scene to scene. They it's had, like you realize that they had to like basically animate it. Like fucking. yeah, lay, they had to layer like glass plates on top of the film. That's why like whenever you get a Blu-ray now of like a, of a kind of lower budget '80s movie. Like, you put it in, you're always disappointed, but then when the credit's in, all of a sudden the picture quality yeah, gets yeah. twice as good, yeah. It's almost like I'm surprised they even came up with that back then, and that's not just something they came up with later. Yeah. Like, whenever it was, like, YouTube or uh, computer-style editing. Yeah. I always thought it was weird, too, that he has that jar of primer that he's dabbing on himself because he wants to set himself on fire. And then, like, oh, Ricky's yeah. mom thinks it's a j- jar of liqueur, and she starts drinking it. <laughs> Yeah, this is this the the oddball fucking like comedy of this movie. Fucking he's setting putting that shit on him so that he dies from fucking catching on fire. She's right next to him, lights a cigarette and blows up, but he's fine. And it's just yeah. like, I'm sorry, your your mom got blown up. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she was this legit dead. I like, did too. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, how come he didn't catch on fire? Yeah. Oh, they're showing up again. They're going to fucking challenge him to another fucking race in his car with the Stacy and the fucking uh, the, the beta Dan Snyder in the backseat. He, he can't. He's got people watching him. He can't just he can't refuse. Yeah. Fucking people will call you a wuss. They'll call you chicken like Marty McFly. Well, he actually kind of does refuse finally. And it's it's uh, Monique, uh, Diane Franklin, who puts a foot on gas because she's like. Because he's explaining who they are, that they immigrated, and they learned English from Howard Cousel. Of course her name is Monique. That yeah. is just the fucking pinnacle Stacy name, Monique. Yeah, no. Yeah. Why is it Stacy? Why is it not Monique? It should be double Stacy. I like how you can just see, like, the the San Fernando Mountains. So, like, if you pay attention to dialogue, this is supposed to take place in Northern California. But it's so obvious that they shot it in hot-ass Southern California, and then they did the... All the snow shit, they went over to Utah for a little bit to film that. Fucking Utah. All the Mormons hanging out. Yep. I always thought that was funny, the gang of nuns walking across the street. Hell yes. And it's so weird that he just floors it in reverse to make this jump into the pond. (laughs) This is the Chad shit. Like, is that his parents' car? I guess so, because they always refer to the Camaro as his car. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. Isn't this the last time you see it? He just kind of wrecks his parents' car and is gone. Well, no. You think like like because he, he drives it out of this puddle apparently because he just drives mm-hmm. it right to school, but it's all muddy. Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny if whenever like the Stacy Monique fixes his car, his parents are like, "You fucked up our car. This is our car now. <laughs> you, you don't. You just back to not having a car. We just took it. I mean, he really exactly. doesn't deserve one. I mean. <laughs> Take the bus. All he does is go to school. Exactly. But yeah, fucking, uh, she she's uh, having a good time. Fucking his little hijinks, his little fuck up there. It's their first bonding moment. And the ducks are very important because the ducks make the gag here when he opens the door and the ducks get out and go to the school with him. Chad, he gave the ducks a ride. That's what you do. It would have been really Chad if just like the ducks were like following him around for the whole rest of the movie. <laughs> Do ducks fly? 
They do, but like I've seen them just like kind of like like uh, skip across the pond or whatever. You know what I mean? I don't know if I've ever seen a duck fly. Now that I think about I it. have, but they only fly like they barely lift up out of the water. Like they'll they'll fly about like two or three feet above the water, and they'll just fly like about maybe thirty forty feet across, and then they'll land back in the water. I don't think their wings are um, like that strong or whatever. So see, he was doing them a favor, giving them a ride. I always wonder why he did this. Like he's he's finally having lunch with Monique, and he just got like a bunch of Hostess snack cakes, and that's it for them to eat. That's the that's a that's a fucking the, the snack of a king when you're in like fucking fifth grade and you get home from school. I like how Ricky throws this dork's book and he has to chase it like a dog. <laughs> yeah, see, like he's the he's the kid that fucking you think like he's bullying people. Like yeah. fucking, this is the kid that should know the dangers of bullying. Exactly. But like. That just, that just, like, rejuvenated my mind. Remember back when you were a kid and you got home and you just found a big box of fucking zebra cakes and it's oh, just like, yeah. hell yeah. You just went to town because nobody, nobody yeah. was around to stop you. Yeah, That's big Chad shit. That's big cum shit. Yeah, the bull, the blonde hair bully in this movie, man, he's, like, so much like that 80s bully that you would see in, like, Revenge of the Nerds and all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see why fucking he just shows up making fun of the director and he's like, oh, you're fucking perfect. You're, you're a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, because he totally has, I mean, he's a skier in this, but he totally has like that surfer, like bully attitude of like, hey, we're like totally like a rich boy asshole. I was thinking too, like uh, the scene where he was listening, he was driving down the road, and all the sad songs were coming on. Do you think that was a like a, falling in love with this movie was John Cusack's? Like whenever he wrote High Fidelity, he wrote in that little that that point he made about like, isn't it weird how we, we allow these sad fucking pop songs to be on the radio when we know that teenagers are gonna be driving around listening to that whenever they just broke up with their girl? He, he that's not exactly what he says, but yeah, not verbatim, but kind of the point he was making it's like was that his way of fucking making one with the great film he made better off dead it could have been i was just thinking like like i know cusack was in a lot of shit in the 80s but a lot of it was like you know i guess like it is now too but movies would come and go like like some movies would just like literally play the theater for a week or two like i mean this was kind of like one of those movies but um, it's weird that Cusack got all this clout by the mid-90s, be producing his own movies and be a leading man and all that. And then it just seemed like around 2004 or 5-ish, like just all that went away. Like just nobody gave a fuck yeah. about Cusack anymore. He's not in a lot of stuff nowadays either, yeah. A lot of direct-to-video stuff. Like, like, mm-hmm. like, like for a while he was kind of doing like the real, like actual independent movies. And now he's just doing like the the shitty tax shelter <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean like action movies where it's like he's not even playing like a real character anymore you know he's just like they're acting goofy it is time to rejuvenate his career with fucking better off dead too exactly better off uh, but would it just be better off alive would it just be better off deader fucking uh, how would they play on that title i think it would be better off divorced where he's going through Hell midlife yeah. crisis and and like like they rewrite it where like afterwards he broke up with Monique because she had to go back to France and then he actually got back with what's her name, uh, Beth because because he won the race but then it turns out like his life was miserable so now he's better off divorced. He has to get divorced because she's getting deported something like yeah. just goofy off the wall. Yeah. He's got to be just as goofy as this one. It's just like this the ski shop guy comes up on a wheelchair with arms broke. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
See, this is like when I was watching it last time, I'm like, this literally seems like the only way they can get this greenlit was like, okay, I got this weird ass movie, but like I took it to Hollywood. They said, I don't know what to do with this. So the only way I can get this greenlit is if I shoehorn kind of the teen sports kind of thing yeah. at the end of the movie. And that's kind of what it makes me think of when I was watching it. But it's got to be like a cool sport that's cinematic to look at, not just boring shit like baseball or football. You know what I mean? But then, like, that that can't be how it happened because, like, yeah, you were mentioning, like, it was kind of written around the idea of, like, something that happened to him when he was, uh, uh, basically the same thing happened to him. His girlfriend left him for, like, the ski guy. Yeah. So here's here's a joke where just the paper weighs on top of the roof. And if you notice, it actually is the real kid at first. And, uh, like, this area around here, like, this looks like almost like the Burbank, Glendale area. But, um... But yeah, like it was the kid at first, and the 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 guy who played the kid at the time, he uh, he said like he actually cracked the windshield just hitting it with that newspaper. And he was proud of that. But they Chad. they actually had that kid strapped to the front. But I like I like when Cusack to get rid of him, he drives the car through the car wash, and the kid goes, "But I can't swim." Oh yeah, <laughs> like you're really swimming in a car wash. It is it is very Nickelodeon logic. I can, yeah. it, it makes sense that he went on to do that, like yeah. kind of Nickelodeon type of humor, kind of but like more adult. Yeah, because the suicide kind of overtones and stuff. Well, it's funny too if you think about it, because like okay, this movie came out in 1985. I can never remember if, if the movie Heather's came out around 88 or 89, but Heather's makes fun of a lot of the capitalization and the media kind of vampiring off the whole teen suicide craze. Cause it was, it was seen as like an epidemic uh, at the time of teen suicide. I guess the numbers were really high at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it's, it was probably just because they were reporting on it. Yeah. yeah but it's, it's just weird that like, like, you know, this movie kind of makes fun of suicide and, and Heather's the whole thing is like, they're killing people at their school, but they're making it look like suicide. Cause suicide is like the trendy thing to do at the time. Like it's a very different decade for, uh, you know, teenagers. The way, like now teenager shit is just like, buy this iPhone, listen to this rapper that brags about drugs. And it's like, there's not a whole lot of like actual movies coming out that comment on like actual teen issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it's like, they're so hard to fucking like, uh, like meme cultures, like I don't want to fucking try to understand these fucking yeah. kids. I'll just look like I don't. I'm out of touch. So I guess, I guess this is a good time to say uh, to mention. Um, so like, Monique does speak English, and she has a fucking Stacy ass accent. Very Stacy, yeah. And like, I was watching an interview, and like, yeah, Diane Franklin took French in school. I guess I guess that was uh, so she really was able to speak the lines and then keep the accent. But like she can even like redo the accent now. I was just watching a second and like before we start recording, she did an interview in a park. So it looked like some cable access shit. And the girl asked her, "Oh, you really speak French?" And she went into it. It was sound exactly the way, uh, you know. Oh fucking! I would have done a big um oh, right yeah, there in the interview. Big um. We got to go to a convention and meet her. She's always uh, she's always at conventions. She's like happy to meet fans and shit. She seems really cool. Yeah. yeah genuinely happy to fucking be there and like that people enjoy the movies so like yeah so at the time it's kind of unfortunate you know how we say oh steve holland should have had a big career like yeah it's unfortunate because like this movie actually made money like it wasn't what you would call a hit hit but they made the movie for three million i'm sure marketing wasn't that expensive back then and it grossed a little over nine million at the box office so it did triple its budget 
but they said they were uh, comparing it to the grosses of uh, Fast Times, which did like thirty million. So like they were all disappointed with this. That was a huge fucking movie. Like why yeah. would you compare it to that? <laughs> it's like that thing of like like you notice. Uh, Zach, like when a horror movie comes out really cheap and makes tons of money, then everybody starts making cheap horror films and they expect them all to make like a hundred million dollars. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so he was already by the time this was like ready to, you know, before it came out, they were already shooting One Crazy Summer, and One Crazy Summer did a little bit better. I think the budget was a little bit higher. That did like thirteen million. So again, it was another one Crazy Summer where it was, um, you know. Uh, and also the test scores for Better Off Dead were like through the roof when they did the test screening. So they're like, oh, you know, that's why they offered them one crazy summer right away. Um, but like it was another one where like, yeah, it made $13 million, it turned a profit. But they're like, this isn't enough, so we don't want to give you any other movies. And then his third movie kind of, I've never seen it. Like I always see it like streaming. I mean to watch it, I never do. But uh, How I Got Into College came out a few years later. It's not mm-hmm. really a Steve Holland film because it was a situation of it was the movie was getting made and they fired the director like right before shooting or a couple days into shooting and he hadn't made a movie at that point in like two or three years so like when they asked him he just came and did it but he said the script wasn't that good and they were just ad libbing trying to make the movie funnier as they shot it but it was like I still want to see it but it's like it's kind of sad that his feature film career you know ended on a note mm-hmm. like that yeah. So that, like yeah, he he found out Monique is just she's faking that she can't speak English because of the fucking the the, the people she's living with. She doesn't want to fucking like uh, basically that yeah, she she doesn't like the kid. He's like got a crush on her. She's trying to like stay like fucking uh you know keep that like uh oh I just don't know what's going on type of thing. But she just she's fixing his fucking car like a total Stacy, and he thinks she's fucking it up. It's like and then she turns it on. She's like that's when you know like a fucking a married this woman, married this woman. Yeah, and, like, I had a dark thought the other night when I was watching this. I was, like, the, you know the scene after the dance where, like, uh, Ricky and his, his mom just pull Monique away from John Cusack? I was, like, it, it would have been a really funny, th- like, gag if, like, after they, they, they peel out in the parking lot, you just hard cut to at their house. Like, Ricky is just nailing Monique really hard. <laughs> she's, just like, <laughs> she's just sitting there, like, mortified. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Fucking our boy Dan Savage, he does fucking he does get around. <laughs> that, that was that, even though his name isn't Savage, that's what makes him Savage. Fucking, why do I keep doing that? Because you're thinking of Savage Steve Holland. Yeah. Savage Steve Holland. I, I do that so often. Too. Savage fucking Dan Schneider. I mix up the fucking last name or the first name. Yeah, because like I like he, uh, Dan Schneider, uh, he was on. Uh, I can't remember if it was at the same time or right after this. He was on that sitcom Head of the Class, and that's what I kind of knew him from. Like, I mean, I knew mm. him from this movie, but I never put two and two together. There was the same guy because he looked different, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, like that whole Dan Schneider thing. Like, I was late to the party that happened like a year or two ago, and I I just found out about it recently. I just came across something. I was like, wait, why why are they mad at this guy? And I read like three or four articles and it's like, yeah, you know, the feeling really is that he did something wrong. I'm just like, I didn't read one single accusation from anybody. And I'm like, I know, yeah. It's just like, you know, it's one thing if if somebody's like, oh, 20 years ago this happened and it's like, whatever. But it's another thing if nobody says anything. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like, are you trying to manufacture some kind of Me Too story here? Like, if nobody said anything, you're just like, something had to have happened, bro. He just seemed weird, bro. Yeah, you know, on, working bro. on all these kids' shows. 
It's like, well, like, yeah, but when he started doing them, he wasn't that old of a guy. And then you're making good money. Are you going to walk away from making Like, a lot of the people in kids' shows that make good money have been doing it for a long time. And it's just like, why would you leave the business? Like, It's it's like the, the idea of, like, somebody just coming out and, and, and implying that Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rumens, yeah. was like... He he plays a weird like he's like eight like fucking fifty years old at least and he's just playing like a weird kid like there's just something weird about that. He's clearly boning hard because we all know about Michael Jackson. So we see I I knew who Dan Schneider was because I was a '90s kid. I thought oh it's the guy from Good Booger and the guy who shows up on like fucking uh, all that and says like oh it's time for the show to start kids he comes in and tells them what the fucking the thing on his uh the headset on all that shit well you know what's weird too like i just like head of the class people took over kids entertainment industry because then the, the other guy that was on head of the class brian robbins he was a big director of like those kid shows and also a lot of kid movies you know what i mean so Oh, here's where it all comes to head with the fucking uh, the uh, street race gang. Now yeah. he finally got his Camaro running because of his Stacy girlfriend. He pulls up next to the guys that keep fucking challenging him, and this time he's got the upper hand on them because they're fucking caught off guard, and he's the one that fucking issues the fucking challenge, basically just by looking at him. And they're they're hanging out with their fucking Stacys, eating some yeah. Chinese food, and he's just like fucking. You ready? Hell yeah! I thought I thought this scene was amazing because the the Asian brothers who always want a street race they got their girlfriends in the car they're all eating takeout food and they're just parked in the middle of the street eating there <laughs> like totally like they're not even like you know they're not even like parked on the side of the road they're like in the middle of the street and I'm like does traffic just not come by this this suburban street ever? <laughs> That's what you do when you're a Chad. Yeah, like these mofos. And see, look, see, this is where I kind of got the feeling that it was it was kind of like bringing it all together, like fucking, you know, like, yo, we all get fucking depressed when we we break up with our first love, baby. But like, it's only temporary. You're going to fucking you, you just got to find that fucking yeah, that reason to fucking uh, be be stoked. Be, 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 like fucking uh, every day is an adventure, especially if you got this hot fucking uh, uh, French Stacy to share with, even if you're yeah. just. You're you're not at a nice restaurant. You're just at your your goofy little fucking burger shop. It's all good, babe. The accent alone would be enough for me. I wouldn't be depressed anymore. I would have already big combed in my pants. Oh, and yeah. like she would have went to sleep very unsatisfied. See, now th- this is the time of the movie because there's like a lot of scenes that are just jokes and thrown in and aren't really integral to the plot. Or, like really throughout the movie. But I'm glad they're there because it just makes the movie whole surreal. But this is like the point of the movie where you're like, what the fuck happened to Booger? Where is he? <laughs> he fucking, see, maybe this movie has uh, basically, it's what it's basically making a statement. It's like John Cusack, he he was not one of those guys who puts his bros before hoes, as they say. Yeah. Whenever you find a new woman and your, your friends are like, you're not hanging out with us? Very often anymore. He gives no fuck because it's like, I got Diane Franklin. She was like, that Stacy from fucking uh, Amityville too, and she was she was the one of the babes on fucking Bill and Ted. You know you know what's crazy because uh, Diane Franklin was also um, e- even though she's such a lovable actress, she played a real bitch in the Last American Virgin. Uh, I know. <laughs> and uh, I, I I was reading a, a like an article like an essay a guy wrote about Better Off Dead, and then um, you know underneath it 
um, there was like all these comments and, and somebody brought up Last American Virgin. Everybody's like, oh, that was so horrible what happened to her. The way those sex scenes are filmed in Last American Virgin. You can see her pubes and it's so disgusting. And so, and like they went, there's like multiple commenters on this webpage talking about, oh, Diana Franklin, she didn't deserve what happened to her Last American Virgin. I'm like, did you fuckers never see Amityville 2? <laughs> like, never. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, she she gots down with the fucking the kinky shit in movies. Tell you, yeah. look, he's playing the sax solo, very Chad. I was thinking like if you could master any fucking brass instrument, it would have to be like if you could just flip a switch and like you master it, it had to be the saxophone. Yeah, I played saxophone yeah. for like a year in high school. It just sounds like pure sex. It does. Like fucking you, you get mega laid playing the saxophone. Be that oiled up guy in fucking the uh, Lost Boys. Oh yeah, the way he's jerking and shaking oh, yeah. while he's blowing it all hard. Yeah, they, they cut back to the hamburgers in love. I thought it was cool that they actually really exist. Hell yeah, they weren't. This is funny. She gives him the same advice her booger gave her. Fucking booger gave him. Yeah. Fucking, you just go really fast that way, and then if something's in your way, you turn. Yeah. I think that's Pretty totally sure. a dude stunt doubling for her, though, right? No, are they wearing masks there? Is there a mask on her right there? I think it's just the goggles, and I think yeah, it, it was really weird because like I was watching it and I was laughing because I was like, "That's so funny." They put like, "Oh, it's obviously a stunt double," so they put a mask on it and like just made it so that you can notice. But I don't think it's a mask because like on the later scene, I was pausing it, mm-hmm. and I think it's just like an optical illusion that's happening. Because of, like, the film grain and stuff. Like, I think, like, maybe they got, like, a real, you know, skiers to play it. Yeah. And it's just because their face is, like, beat red because it's, like, cold. Yeah. And then they, they cut back to the, the actors that just came off their fucking set with the makeup and everything. It's just, like, it's kind of, like, oh, that's what it is. It's just, yeah. But that, that he wipes the fuck out right there. I think he slides down the whole mountain on his stomach. That was actually a good double for Cusack. It kind of looked like him. Exactly. See, right here, you're just hoping she just mounts him and they just start fucking doing a sex right there in the, uh, in the, the ski lounge. Yeah. Would you be able to get a boner in that cold, though? Like, the cold? I don't... I mean, if you're talking about actual ski mountain weather, I don't think you really could, in all honesty. And if you <laughs> if you could, it would be it would be so fleeting that, you know... Exactly. Like, maybe if you're, like, you're in a tent and you're insulated that way, then, like I say, it would just out in the open like that. No. Because in order to, like, pull your pants down to, uh, you know, get going with that, your ass would have to be in that snow and your balls and everything. Amazing. Yeah. Maybe that just adds to it. Fucking that adds <laughs> to the experience. Well, if you're, like, booger and you're just shooting it up your nose, maybe he could do it. Exactly. Fucking. And then it, like, it, it, it hits that part of your brain that fucking makes you get a boner. Mm-hmm. And fucking, like, you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's like you have to do a shot of, like, adrenochrome to override the cold factor. I oh, like this yeah. how they, they, like, that's even a cool shot where they keep skiing through each other's legs and finally they crash. He's learning how to ski for the first day. They're already doing these intricate fucking trick type of uh, skiing moves. Exactly. I always thought her yeah he like he's just wearing like random shit but I always thought her ski outfit was cool fucking big Stacy and the way she wears that giant headband on her curly hair fucking 80s headbands awesome I like how Booger is actually a skier too and he he wears a top hat when he skis (laughs) you think he you think fucking Slash was ripping him off 
No, I think what if you look at the way Booger is maniacal right there, that top hat and the way his hair's coming out, I think he's like supposed to be like one of the ghosts at the Haunted Mansion, one of the main ghosts. Big Chad. So I think everybody was ripping off the Haunted Mansion. I always thought fucking Booger was the guy who did the the uh, fucking Rex from Toy Story. Something about their no. voices always seemed similar to me. Isn't that like Wallace Shawn, like that super nerdy verse? Yeah, 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 he's got like a, yeah, he's a big, but for some reason, I knew Booger more than I fucking knew who that guy was. The guy who plays Booger, I think his name's Curtis Martin, like, uh, that guy, like, he pretty much played Booger, but it was like such a great character in every movie he was in where he played it, you know? Oh, yeah, fucking, you ever see uh, Rick Moranis and Tom Arnold classic Big Bully? I have, but a long time ago. Is he in that, too? He's in there, too. Big Chad. Well, speaking of which, I guess we should mention, uh, not this movie, unfortunately. Not Better Off Divorced, but uh, uh, Savage Steve, he he wants his last film to be a a spiritual sequel to uh, One Crazy Summer called One Epic Fall. And he's already got Bobcat on board, Curtis... uh, I can't remember, yeah. Curtis Armstrong, I think is his name. Curtis Armstrong. Armstrong, yeah. And then Doyle Murray. But, uh, yeah. You know what? He, he even they said, should, like, the, he even said there, you know, unfortunately, no Cusack. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> That's big. Too bad. Uh, like, yeah, that, that would be cool. But, like, they should have, like, jumped on the marketing thing and made the Curtis Armstrong. And it's just a stretch Armstrong, but made to look like him. Made to look like Booger. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. I would actually buy that now. I do a big come. So they're getting ready to do the big race, but it gets fucked up because Booger actually ran over his ski and broke. So he's only got one ski, and plus he's got the paper boy. The paper boy put skis on his, his bike, and I, I thought that was great skiing where he's just going down on the bicycle. Exactly. So and then we're, the ultimate demise of the paper boy, too, coming up. So if you notice the actual race in the movie, Zach, they actually tie. But because test audiences hated that, they have to like they had to edit around it to make it seem like Cusack really won. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so this was one that scored big with test audiences, but yeah. then it like came out and like yeah. uh, and it, it, it was it just the wrong kind of month to put out a movie. I, like I think so because um, I could look up the the release date, but I was watching one of the TV spots on YouTube. And it said that, um, like, oh, um, like, at the end, they're like, oh, uh, sneak preview's coming this uh, October 5th or something. So it's like, if they release it in October, it's like, eh, it's kind of like whatever. But also, too, I was reading that, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, the the, the, the paper boy, he took a wrong turn and went off the side of the mountain and died. You just see a dummy falling. <laughs> I'm surprised. If you listen closely without our commentary track, you can hear him yelling, uh, "Research flat Earth" as he's falling to his death. He actually didn't die. He got up right there. Fucking the more uh, Nickelodeon logic is like, eh, we probably see. They always did that Nickelodeon, like uh, fucking uh, all that. You'd see fucking repair man, 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 man. They just drop a dummy, it fall to the ground, and then they just cut to the real actor standing up. I'm like, oh, it's fine. I always uh, humor like that always just kind of makes me laugh. I don't get, I don't know why. Yeah, we'll have to make a compilation when we find a couple more movies of things of people falling through the air, screaming "Research Flat Earth" as it happens. Exactly, it happens all the time. Like we gravitate toward those movies too. But uh, yeah, the article I was reading it was mentioning that '85 was like the year of teen movies. It was like Breakfast Club, Back to the Future, Weird Science, 
Better Off Dead, mm-hmm. a bunch of other ones. So it's like, I think it was just a crowded marketplace for this type of movie. And and like mm-hmm. I said, I mean, like if you grossed like whatever it was, nine point two, nine point three million dollars in an age where movie tickets are like two, three bucks, it actually was. And especially like this is like this movie came out eighty five, so like right around that time was when video stores were taken off. You know they make crazy profit off this movie. I mean, mm-hmm. it made a profit in the theater. So any TV sales, HBO sales, because supposedly it got popular off the plane HBO a lot. Because I know I watched it over and over on cable. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. So it's like here, and, uh, here you notice they do tie, but it's just because he did it on one ski. He kind of. Mm-hmm. In a better universe, this movie would have got a fucking spinoff uh, Saturday morning cartoon oh. about. Where the fucking hamburgers is buddy and they hang out and go on adventures when he's not fucking his Stacy girlfriend. It's weird, too, because, I mean, the two movies have nothing to do with each other. But, like, in a weird way, like, this is, like, if I had to recommend a movie to somebody who really loved the humor of, like, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, I would recommend this. Because, like, mm-hmm. they're, like, the yeah. two goofiest movies of the 80s, probably. Big Chad, big com movies. Yeah. You know what's funny is last night I forgot the ending, and I thought this was actually going to end this way, where they come back and take her off, and it just kind of ends with yeah. him getting his girlfriend back. Well, that's what it looks like because his girlfriend Amanda Weiss like runs up to him, Beth, and kisses him, and he just goes along with it, like he kisses her. He just kind of takes it, and he's like happy and smiling, like, "Oh, this is great!" And then they come, fucking the dance. I almost said savage. Dan Snyder shows up with his mom. They're like, yeah. "There you are!" And they just walk off with it. I thought it was just gonna end like that. Did they really just end the movie like that? Like forty-five, <laughs> yeah, forty-five minutes away, they drove to the mountain to go find her. Like all of a sudden, they knew that's where she'd be. I, I know. I'm actually always surprised when the the Asian brothers show up at the end to interview him as Howard in their Howard Cosell voice because like it's like oh they actually really are in the sports not just drag racing. They fucking they had to they were made humble by him he fucking he beat them made them humble and they're like you know what fucking he is a Chad I, we, we should uh, give him some props. You know I mean don't get me wrong I still love this movie now as much as I did when I was a kid you know I would still as a kid I would rate it a ten out of ten I still would rate it a ten out of ten it's one of my favorite movies. But just the way you, like, remember things as, like, being different in your mind when you're a kid. Like, I remember this end part. I thought it was so cool when they fought with the ski sticks. But, <laughs> like, I remember it was, like, this big epic, like, Star Wars, you know, sword <laughs> fight. But when you watch it, it's really just the two guys slapping at each other with the sticks. <laughs> Look at that. He just put his boot. Oh, I was thinking I was thinking uh, he had, uh, like, a... Uh ice skate logic i was like he just fucking cut right into his stomach he just opened him up but i forgot they're they're just ski boots well it's kind of funny because you think ricky would be like a big dork who gets bullied but like how he kind of bully kids and then like (laughs) they play him like he's like so physically imposing because he's big because like yeah cusack tried to kick him and he just like bounced off of him oh yeah I was, I was looking at it, too. I was like, he really fucking bounced on whoever was, you know, standing in for his mom there. I hope that was a stunt lady and not the actual lady lady. Mm-hmm. But it's all good. Like, we thought, like, he was just going to, like, let the fucking, uh, let the, let Schneider come and take his uh, his new Stacy away and just go back with his fucking uh, Amanda White Stacy. But it's like, nope, they still got the fucking Hollywood type ending where it's like fucking he, he goes with the new girl. And then like even our boy fucking Schneider uh, finds a, a, a young uh, Stacy to fucking put his love into, if you will. Fucking our, our, our overgrown Josh Peck, if you will, here. 
So yeah, I thought this was weird too that there's just this random nerd girl shows up to uh to want to like have a crush on Ricky. And like Oh yeah. You know, it would make more sense to me if instead it was that girl that he tried to take on the date with the big yeah. braces like yeah. with the yeah, yeah. Or the retainer or whatever it was. It, it I wonder if they thought about that but then like they couldn't get her back so he's got a different braces yeah. girl. <laughs> Well, it's weird too because the mom is like, "Ricky, where are you going with that girl?" Like, like, like she's like, you know, upset because she's getting cucked that her son's being taken away from her. But like, what's weird is like, well, no, the whole movie you wanted him to have a girlfriend, and now he does. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so so this is this is funny. Like they like we said, you know, in order to kind of you know establish that the skiing you know area was not too far from where they lived. They they said in the dialogues, you know, about it being in Northern California, but then they drive all the way to Dodger Stadium because that's where Monique wants to go. So they literally mm-hmm. just drove like nine hours just so they could go park their car in the middle of the baseball field at Dodger Stadium. Did you notice that something about that shot looks super awkward? And I think yeah. it looks like they like accidentally filmed it in the wrong aspect ratio or something and then had to like zoom in or crop it. And so it looks a little like stretched out or something. Something just looks a little weird about it. Well, it's clearly a hot helicopter shot, so I think it's just yeah. that it was so unsteady. Because if you look at helicopter shots in old movies, like the stabilizers weren't as good. Because the the paper boy comes riding in for his two dollars at the end of the shot, but you can barely see him because the shot wasn't timed out that great. You know what I mean? Oh, I thought that was supposed to be Booger, like their buddy just no. showing up. I didn't. Even... <laughs> no, it's, yeah, no, it's it's the 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 paperwork. Okay, so here we have the big payoff of the the brother flies the rocket out of uh, good special effects for the most part. Just you can tell yeah. the uh, the fire explosions kind of laid in, but overall it looks real. That, like yeah, the joke is that the dad finally got his fucking uh, his uh, his uh, windows fixed on his fucking uh, garage door. And then now the fucking whole house is just fucking destroyed by the fucking sun. Wait. They also, there was a, they, they planned on a fucking, uh, uh, his Stacy ass fucking French girlfriend. She, uh, uh they were going to do like a kind of a thing with the Dodger stadium. She was like, she basically like, uh, like let Dodger stadium know like, Oh yeah, we should do like a, a little, like kind of a, a thing to promote the movie. And like, uh, like uh, I'll come out and do a signing or something, but like something happened where they like got shit mixed up, and instead they they had her come on to like sing the national anthem. Right. <laughs> yeah, I did and read about that. She's expecting them to come out and say, "Oh, now Diane Franklin from Bill and Ted and Better Off Dead," but instead they just come out and say, "And now Diane Franklin," and she's just like, "They don't know who I am." <laughs> Because exactly. she wasn't like a big, uh, big star, star yet. <laughs> yeah. Which, which speak, speaking of, that's one thing. I mean, actually, I have you know multiple complaints, but uh, the new, the newer Bill and Ted that just came out last year, like mm-hmm. they're like, oh, we we can't have the original wives. They're too old now. We got to get these, these, uh, these uh, women in their early forties to play these women that should be in their mid fifties. They should have had mm-hmm. fucking at least Diane Franklin come back. Exactly. She she looks I, the same. I mean, she looks older, but yeah. she looks the same hair, same face, everything. You know, she never gained weight. I I I, I always forget that they actually recasted her in the second Bill and Ted yeah. movie. It's like, why did they do that? Yeah, fucking very low T. It's it's a weird double standard Hollywood has for like older women, like older guys, like they're fine, like oh they can sell a movie, but like the the older women, it's like no we gotta fuck. Anytime it's like a fifty year old guy who's like the the dad in the movie, yeah. they gotta make the wife like a fucking thirty year old, thirty two year old, yeah, yeah, really weird. I was I was gonna say um, 
Did you notice in the, the stunt performer credits, one of the stuntmen on the film was our boy Dick Warlock. Chad. Yeah, play Michael Myers. It doesn't you know, obviously specify what stunt he did, but he did some stunt on the film. If I know, are, are you going to bring up how he's always just walking very slowly, looking straight? I could. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was listening to your guys' uh, fucking uh, Halloween 2 yeah. episode where you're like, look at him, he fucking he walks like fucking Frankenstein over here. He's just walking straight, yeah. It was a good <laughs> walk, though. It wasn't as good as the original, but it it by, it's by itself, it was great. At the same time, though, it's like, you're you're really not going to look down at your feet while you're walking downstairs. Nobody does it. Even a mental patient wouldn't fucking yeah. trust that he's just going to fucking not miss a step there. Exactly. Especially when you're on, like, strange stairs. Like, I know you don't do it in, like, your own house because you're, you're, your brain yeah. is used to the timing of those steps. But, like, yeah. That'd exactly. be funny if Michael Myers just ate shit walking down some stairs. That would have been fucking hilarious, actually. Yeah. And then it just like, and the movie just keeps going like it doesn't play it like it was a gag at all. And just like, <laughs> serious. I was gonna say one thing about the car. The last bit of trivia is one thing about the car was I just came across this randomly uh, today. Was uh the Camaro was um you know obviously it wasn't like fucked up. It was in good condition. They just made it look all cob. I thought it was funny they had cobwebs inside of it. But anyway, like yeah, so like it was in good shape when they filmed the movie, and uh, the car actually belonged to um. Uh, the trans I think it was like the transportation coordinator, the guy who supplied like the cars for the movie or whatever. Like it was his own personal car. And this movie came out in eighty five and uh they sold it in eighty nine. He sold it off to somebody and then like the car went dis went uh missing for years and um I'm not sure how they verified it was the same one, but it got found in two thousand two. Somebody had just I guess driven the shit out of it and sat it in a yard and it was like completely rotted away and shitty. And, uh, yeah, somebody, uh, bought it and completely restored it and, uh, it's been in some museums and car shows. So, like, yeah. literally where it should be. The fucking car from Better Off Dead, Chad movie. Fucking piece of art. I mean, it's so iconic at the end, yeah, the way they're driving around and shit. But, like, you you always wonder sometimes when you watch movies, you're like, what happened to these cars? And, like, some of them get kept and shit, but the majority of them just, you know, rot away to oblivion or whatever. You know... You know the first thing I would do if I got to sit in that car? I would fucking do a big sniff of the fucking passenger seat and see oh, if yeah. I could still smell Diane Franklin. Oh, hell yeah. I would probably sniff the driver's seat, too. I mean, John Cusack sat there. Hell yeah. But... Smell that John Cusack. Yeah, you, you would. would. You would be smelling it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so that's, you know, it's kind of funny because this is like, I don't know if we ever discussed in the past doing it, like with other people or whatever, but like, it's kind of funny that I think you recommended this movie because it's like it's really like this is one of the main types of movies and one of the main movies like we should have covered in the early days. Like I don't know really mm-hmm. why we didn't to be honest with you, but um, oh yeah, because I always felt like this movie had you know gained that like uh, that cult reputation off of cable and shit. But I th- mm-hmm. I think we're kind of at that point right now where like. I guess because it hasn't been on Netflix recently or whatever. Like, I feel like it kind of is slipping back into obscurity a little bit, but. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not having any decent home video releases doesn't help either. (laughs) Why the fuck isn't Criterion jumping on this? Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with Paramount. I I saw somebody saying, because the the Blu-ray, I didn't even know it was out for years. That's why I've been sticking with this DVD. I didn't even realize until like a year or two ago that it even was out on Blu-ray. And then it's just like you said, it's just a bare bones. But Paramount's Mm -hmm. been doing that Paramount Presents line. And like, this would be a perfect one. All they have to do is get Steve to come in and do a commentary, which I'm sure he would fucking jump at the chance to do. 
Oh, and yes. you know they can definitely interview Diane Franklin anytime they want. She's so, you know, personable mm-hmm. and friendly or whatever. So, yeah, so I hope this gets some kind of, you know, especially now that, like, a lot of um, Paramount's kind of been doing their own stuff lately. Like, Paramount, like, really wasn't put out any Blu-rays for years in, like, the last year and a half, two years. I guess they just need money. They're releasing the shit out of a lot of good Blu-rays. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to see this get a special edition. I think that's the only way really this movie can come back a little bigger you know i would literally paramount that fucking mountain and, and <sighs> blow a fucking massive load of like eight gallons of fucking pure cummies right into it just to get this movie on blue a decent fucking release decent fucking release, this yeah. oh yeah so anyway yeah that that's it man uh i heard you've been streaming a lot well, i didn't hear i've been watching some of them <laughs> oh yeah you, you guys played mortal Kombat for hours and hours Fucking Mac was play- Mac loves the Mortal Kombat. I just showed up for those. Yeah. I did. Uh, we did uh, Silent Hill two, mm-hmm. and now we're doing Doom, the fucking 2016 reboot. Amazing. Oh yes, that's a that's a fun game to just like you don't have to follow any story. It's just like fucking you're a guy. Demons are destroying the world. You gotta go save the world and just like put on some music or some fucking uh, podcast and just fucking have fun, baby. That's what I used to do with Doom, uh, the original Doom. I had it on Atari Jaguar, if you can believe it. And all mm-hmm. night long, I would play that uh, game. It came out, like, I think I got that game and that system, like, my senior year of high school. And, like, on the weekends and during the summer, all night long, man. Fucking that and blasting uh, White Zombie, fucking Astro Creep, whatever that album was. Like, literally can... all night, just on repeat, playing that CD over and over. How many gallons of cum and fucking just boxer shorts did you have to go through fucking with all of that cum, just shooting it? Uh, having I would, all that yeah, fun? probably 30,000, 40,000 gallons, yeah. Exactly. They, like, yeah, they had a, a sell for, like, four bucks for, like, the fucking collection of all the oh, old dudes, too. Yeah. Yeah, I bought, like, a couple years ago, I bought something, I want to say it's, like, on PS3 or something, even, where it had, like, all the, it had Doom 1, Doom 2, and then, like, whatever the newest Doom that came out, like, maybe 10 years ago, I bought that, and I just really, I never even played the new Doom, I just went back and replayed Doom 1. You can't go wrong, baby, you can't. It's it's fun, those little pig monster guys that pop up with the horns, and you just shoot them, and the little Mm -hmm. pixelated blood flies out, and they drop. They need to release the Tim the Tool Man mod, though, for all oh, yeah. fucking three or four of the games. Fucking so let you play as the with the Tim the Tool Man walls and fucking doors. Very chat. Does somebody do that based on home improvement? <laughs> yeah, there was like a video. You can find it on YouTube of like, it's Doom, but like, just put in Doom and Tim Allen. It's, yeah. They, they basically redid every texture to be a picture of Tim Allen, and then all the music is the grunts from... Uh? from fucking home improvement amazing fucking big chad shit so yeah i guess we were late on this one we should have done it um let's see 1985 35 anniversary would have been last year so we're doing the 36th anniversary so. oh yes <laughs> but I'm, gl- I'm glad you uh you recommended this one because like yeah it was it was one uh should have done a long time ago and i'm glad we did and you know, the other night I was like watching a bunch of other stuff, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I gotta watch this movie." And I thought, like, because it was kind of it was like getting a little bit late. I was like, one of those things was like, "Oh, I'll probably watch half, then watch another half." You know, tomorrow afternoon. Well, well, That's exactly what I planned to do. Yeah. You're, so, you're so into. <laughs> I'm telling you, you cannot walk away from this movie. You like, you don't want to. Like, like you. It almost has. 
It almost has the uh, the 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 thing about it that like kind of that movie you kind of uh, are afraid to do on it for a commentary because you're afraid you'll just devolve into just watching yeah. it and quoting it the whole time. Not which we pretty much did. We just talked about the gags, but it's like you can't help mm-hmm. it. There's so much classic shit in here. I mean, just so mm-hmm. much just goes by. Like even as much shit as we talked about. If anybody listens to this and has never seen the movie, you still want to watch it because as much as we talked about, there's still a million fucking things in here that you haven't seen mm-hmm. before. I mean. Out of all the movies I think we've ever done on this podcast, this is like one of the most personal ones to me. Where I would like, I would recommend it to anybody, literally. Mm, oh yeah. So yeah. So thanks again, Zach, and uh, everybody. Thanks again for uh, listening, hanging in there with us, and uh, yeah. What can I say? I just love this movie. So nostalgic for this movie in all the right ways. Yeah. We, uh, I can say, I can speak for myself and go. I know we are both going to be doing com tributes to this movie as <laughs> soon as we done. Oh, okay. we're going to take our we take our DVD and Blu-ray out, and we're just going to do a com tribute to this movie. It's amazing. Yeah, so hit us up on uh, we're on Pornhub on uh, movie graveyard com tributes. We'll be on there. Uh, you can tip us on there. You don't have to. Um, we were going to start an OnlyFans, but we heard OnlyFans is getting rid of all the X-rated content. So Very low T. Yeah, we got to stick to Pornhub. But, uh, you know, it's still worth it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so that's it. I guess uh, you're never better off dead, right, Zach? Fucking you're never better off dead, baby. That's right. So, everybody, we'll see you back here real soon in the movie graveyard. Dog. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com.